Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses all over West Virginia and now all over the nation. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, and I am your current Miss West Virginia 2022, but only for about three more days. Um, so I am actually saving our best guest for last, and I'm super excited about that and very honored to have him on this podcast today. Um, we have the president of the American Farm Bureau Foundation, Sippy Duvall. How are you this morning? I'm great, Liz. I thank you for asking me to be on the show with you today. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. You're always traveling, always on the road. I'm sure you're living out of a suitcase quite often. I do. You know, it was interesting. Uh, if you want a real quick story, Monday, yeah, uh, kind of set a record for me. I told someone I, I, I traveled on every mode of transportation besides a space shuttle, motorcycle, and a submarine because I started out with a horse and wagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. Well, um, let's go ahead and jump into our questions. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your agricultural background. Sure. I grew up here on a, a dairy farm in Greensboro, Georgia. Uh, my dad actually went into the dairy business uh, when I was about eight years old. And he, he announced to me and my brothers that we were in a dairy business and he did not milk cows. So uh, we got the message real quick that we were going to be the, the milkers of the family. And uh, uh, my older brother learned to hate it and I learned to love it and fell in love with those old cows and spent 30 years as an adult milking cows here and raising four children with a wonderful wife of 42 years. And uh, in the 80s, when it was so, so bad, and I know a lot of people remember how bad agriculture was in the 80s, my wife and I were struggling really hard to keep everything going, keeping the farm, keeping everything paid. And we decided to diversify in, into poultry. Uh, so that diversification got us through the 80s. Uh, and I currently still grow chickens. It's been 37 years now. And uh, uh, and we sold the dairy out in 2005. And now we have about 400 beef cows. Wow. That's incredible. So very long time in the ag world, very well versed, um, and a lot of experience and a lot of history. Now, a lot of my viewers don't have an ag background, and some of them do. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and ask, what is the American Farm Bureau for those who might not understand what you guys do? So the American Farm Bureau Federation is made up of uh, 50 federated state farm bureaus in Puerto Rico. Uh, so we have 51 members. Uh, and then our members, our grassroots members, are our state's members. So when you, when you join your county farm bureau, you're a county farm bureau member, you're a state farm bureau member, and by way of that membership, you're also a member of American Farm Bureau under that one membership fee. And uh, what we do here at American Farm Bureau is we advocate for agriculture. So we use the policy book that's developed through our policy development procedure that comes all the way from our counties, all the way up to the national level. We advocate for them on a national level each and every day. The state federations do it on a state level and national level with us. And then your counties are there to also advocate for farmers and county official business. So uh, that's what we do. Uh, that's our main mission is to be one united voice of American agriculture. But there's so, so much more we do. We provide many member benefits across the organization. Uh, we provide leadership development programs. I was a part of that, that program. Uh, we, uh, so there's so, so many things that we do uh, 
through our programs work. Now, so why should somebody join the Farm Bureau? Well, everybody, uh, you know, whether you think about it or not, uh, all of us consume nourishment. Uh, that nourishment comes from uh, uh, farmers and ranchers who either grow it or, or produce it in some way or fashion. Uh, and without agriculture, uh, we could not sustain our life. Uh, we're also the ones that are out on the land that own and operate and take care and protect um, uh, all the natural resources uh, uh, in our country. Uh, so while we're here farming, we're taking care of the water, we're taking care of the natural resources, the soil, we're building the soil back from maybe misuse of years and years and years ago when we didn't quite have the knowledge of how to do that. Uh, we're also the ones that grow the crops and uh, grasses and the grains that wildlife thrive on. Uh, so we're really the keeper of rural America. And, and uh, we, we might not make any money feeding the livestock, but without us, they, the, uh, the wildlife, but without us, wildlife wouldn't have anything to exist on except for natural stuff. Right. 100%. So that's why, you know, uh, I think it's really beneficial that this organization exists so that people are able to have that sense of community. They're able to come together. They're working together to, again, advocate for the industry, gain those leadership skills and have, you know, some of those benefits that the American Farm Bureau provides. Um, so you and, and, and everyone should be interested in it, you know, not yeah. just farmers and ranchers. Farmers and ranchers won't have that one united voice, but any consumer out there that's consuming the products that we produce, uh, should know that keeping farmers and agriculture healthy and moving forward in the future so that we can continue to grow our, our production uh, so that we can feed the growing population. Uh, and then there's another step, you know, if you think about what does food really provide for our country, it really provides national security too. If we were dependent on a Russia or a China to feed us, uh, they could bring us to our knees overnight by controlling our food supply and as long as we can feed ourselves that could never happen right no, and actually you just answered my next question and that's what can the farm bureau do for the average consumer so that's perfect i love to try to bridge that gap between producers and consumers and make people understand that we're all working together for the exact same goal and i i would like to think that that's agricultural independence in America and increasing our product production moving forward so that we are able to feed people and be sustainable within the within America as a whole um, so I wanted to go into your actual rise to presidency in the American Farm Bureau. That definitely didn't happen overnight. Um, so how did you decide first that this organization was right for you? Well, I remember as a very young man before I even married, being at my mother and dad's breakfast table, uh, uh, already had purchased the farm and was trying to pay all the bills and deal with all the regulations. And at that breakfast table, I would often would complain about the regulation. I'd complain about the milk price. I'd complain about not having enough labor, all the things that, uh, that we deal with in agriculture. And my daddy, uh, who was very wise, uh, uh, instructed me, he said, well, son, if you're gonna, if, if you're gonna worry about those things, if you wanna make a difference in those areas, you gotta get outside your fence rows. And you got to make sure that you budget your time within your work your family, your your faith, and be able to sp still spend time outside your fence rows. He took me to a Farm Bureau meet and introduced me to a great organization where I could join with other farmers uh, to make our voice loud and clear. 
uh, under one united voice. And that's how I got introduced to Farm Bureau, you know, outside of my, you know, my father, my grandfather, all the Farm Bureau people too. And, but I, I really didn't really understand the, the uh, importance of it until I became uh, an adult and was paying the bills from the farm myself. Right. You know, um, and I think that's kind of important that we are introducing the young generation to Farm Bureau um, so that they're able to start understanding why they should get involved and then how it can be very beneficial for them later on down the line. Um, so that's how you got started. But I guess what led you into your presidency now? Yeah. So, you know, as in that starting uh, through the Young Farmer Program, uh, our leadership development program, I got invited to go to Washington for the first time with uh, 30 other young farmers uh, and their husbands or wives, whichever one it was, uh, and sitting in that uh, in the on the hill in Congress with across the table from my senators and my congressmen, and them really being interested in what I had to say, made really made that connection of how necessary this organization really was. Uh, and as I continued to volunteer my time, whether it be on a commodity committee, whatever it might be, for many, many years uh, after I served on young farmer committees, uh, I, I was offered, uh, I had the opportunity to run for a position on the board of directors of Georgia. Uh, and after that, uh, the Georgia president decided he was going to retire. I just sold out of dairy business. I had a lot of counties here in my state encouraging me to run. So I ran for state president and I got elected and I was state president for nine years. Uh, and after that, Bob Stallman, who was my predecessor here at American Farm Bureau, decided he was going to retire. And a lot of states encouraged me to run. I ran for that position and I've been here since 2016 as president. This wow. is something you don't really grow up thinking that's what I really want to do. It's something that kind of God led me to and gave me the the talent to be able to do this job. So uh, I'm very honored and uh, it's a privilege and I'm honored to be able to serve some of the best people in the world. And that's the farmers and ranchers across our great country. Well, I listened to you speak at Fusion in Jacksonville, Florida this year, incredible mm -hmm. speaker. So there's no, re uh, no wonder why people love to follow you and follow your leadership. So you're a great example of the American farmer and what we can do to uh, improve the ag industry here in America. So I wanted to ask along those same lines, what do you think is the biggest issue facing United States agriculture today? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of big issues. Uh, if you're currently farming, the biggest issue you're facing today is uh, the lack of labor and, and the ability to get that labor. No one raises their family up to be a worker on the farm. Uh, and it takes a lot of workers. Uh, and so we're having to depend a, a lot on uh, immigrants to want to come here to work, to find a better life for them and their families. Uh, and with the situation at the border, uh, and all the regulation, that makes it very, very difficult for a farmer to find labor. You know, we try our best to hire local people, but the people that that are local, they just don't want to do the agricultural work anymore. And every once in a while, you'll find one that does. It, you know, is willing to give the time and the hard work, but that it's, they are far and in between. Uh, so uh, that's if you're currently farming, that's what it is. Now, if you look at agriculture as a whole and look to the future, to me, the biggest problem is finding young people that want to come back and get involved in agriculture. 
Now, there's many reasons why they wouldn't want to do it. There's a lot of people would love to farm, but the lack of the difficulty of getting credit, the availability of land, and all the regulations around it prevents them uh, from having that opportunity. And then it's very difficult out here in agriculture uh, to make sure that it, it can financially sustain a family. And that's hard to sell to a young person. So, you know, our job is to try to create an environment where agriculture is getting stronger and stronger and stronger with a greater possibility of somebody coming out of the college, coming into agriculture, sustaining their family and having a good lifestyle while they're doing it. And that's what we continue to strive for. And that's, that's a very difficult thing. So I'd say bringing young people to agriculture and labor and dealing with regulation. Now, Farm Bureau is grassroots, like you mentioned. How can we, at the grassroots level, at the county level or the state level, encourage young people to actually start becoming a part of the ag industry? What can we do that's, you know, helping that that situation out? Well, you know, just like me, I really wasn't interested. I had a family, going to church, ball games, school. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on right. and on. And, and until we invited them to bring their family, come out, sit and have a little, uh, have a good fellowship, good time, do something fun, but then talk about the business of Farm Bureau and being an advocate in policy and just kind of blend the two together so that it is a family organization, children are welcome. Uh, it's very wholesome uh, at the county level is really where we touch our young people. We also do a lot of work with 4-H and FFA. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and now we have agreements with Manners uh, and also AFA. Uh, so we're trying to reach out to other groups that we haven't historically. Why? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But all I know is I, I, can, I can change the way we go forward. I can't do anything about what's behind me. Right. And so looking forward, we want to be more inclusive. We want all-size farms come from all different backgrounds and all, uh, you know, uh, so that we can have one united voice that represents the true American agriculture from someone that's farming inside the urban areas to someone that might be farming 10,000 acres in Iowa somewhere. And that's incredible because you already touched on my next question again. And that's, you know, you actually mentioned the connection with manners. You could mention the ability to bring all people in. So my question was, how can Farm Bureau promote diversity, equity, and inclusion within the organization and on the farm? So our organization is made up of volunteers. Mm -hmm. So I wave my hand and say, I'll serve and go to the meetings and offer my offer myself up to serve on a commodity committee or just on uh, a membership board or whatever it might be. And once uh, 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 once we volunteer, then you have the opportunity to grow within the organization. Now, right. I will admit that over the years, we probably haven't put, done enough outreach mm -hmm. saying, calling people up saying, hey, we need you to be part of the Farm Bureau. Uh, maybe we haven't done enough of that. But I think that we've uh, uh, seen now that, but, uh, that it's more and more difficult to get young, young people your age to be part of a membership organization. Uh, so we, have, we have to do that outreach. And that's what we're doing in 4-H and FFA and uh, also collegiate uh, uh, Farm Bureau groups, showing them or giving them a way to come in and understand our organization and a desire 
to serve and what it can do for them and their community and their family. I think the good thing to remind people of too is that the Farm Bureau allows all voices to be heard. We all have a seat at this table in order to have our voices heard, in order to express our opinions and concerns. And I think the Farm Bureau is a great way to make that happen. So if you're listening out there and you have a concern or you want to to create that uh, great environment for yourself and for others in your community, maybe consider joining Farm Bureau. So that's an excellent point. Um, so the world population is actually said to increase to 8.5 billion people by 2050. Um, and yet we don't have enough land to help feed all of those people. So you have a growing number of, of mouths to feed, but not enough land because, you know, we can't increase the land growth. Um, so how do you think urban agricultural practices um, will start to affect agriculture? Is that the way of the future? Well, I don't think it's the way of the future. I will say that it's part of the future. Mm -hmm. It's going to take all segments of agriculture, and we're going to have to be very creative as to we, how we do that uh, to make sure that we can fulfill the needs of those 8.5 billion people. And I think urban agriculture plays a role, if not in massive production, because it will never mass produce anything like we can out in rural America. But it, but it also uh, produces uh, uh, an awareness opportunity for people in those communities to really understand where their farm uh, food comes from and have a different appreciation for it. And right. and uh, and I think they're very very valuable uh, in food deserts. You, you might have urban agriculture that really does provide fruit and vegetables for people that don't have access to it anywhere else. So you know, and and to see that. The farm bill through the nutrition program makes some of that stuff available to people that really need it. And, and that's how we interact. We, we uh, uh, kind of cross over to the consumer and why, why we're important. We are always, farm bill is a great example, promoting nutrition. We're also promoting programs that provide risk management tools for farmers, which assures that we have the food that the nutrition programs can use for the people that need it. So if you're out there and, and you're in a difficult time in your life, you're not a farmer, but you're having to take advantage of some of those nutrition programs, you know, I hope that you understand that, you know, we at Farm Bureau are helping make sure that that happens and, and that it's there available, not just in food, but in policy saying nutrition pro programs are a safety net through pe for people that are going through a bad time in their life and need a hand up. And, and the other end of it, which is only about uh, 10 or 20% of it, is a safety net for agriculture to make sure that we can provide that food, not just for those nutrition programs, but all Americans and fill their pantries and in a lot of the world. Absolutely. You know, agriculture affects us at the minimum three times a day. And yeah. you, we're, we're spending all this time talking about how agriculture can help the consumer. But what can the average consumer do to help the agricultural industry? But just be supportive. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and one of those ways that you can be supportive is to be a Farm Bureau member and, 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 uh, and support us in that way. Because that membership helps us to advocate to make rural America and, and agriculture stronger for the future. And, you know, what a, what a small price to pay for. In most states, less than the cost of taking your family to McDonald's one time, mm -hmm. you could help support agriculture in the future that grows the food, protects natural resources, and, and, and provides uh, national security for our country. 
And that's the important, very important thing. And we know a lot of people probably couldn't uh, afford that extra, those extra dollars, but there's a lot of people that can. And we ought to all be part of this organization so that we can protect our nation and protect our food system for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what can we as agriculturists do to better advocate for this industry? You get the best way uh, someone in this industry is be part of Farm Bureau, be part of the process, be engaged. Uh, you know, we not only build our policy from the ground up. I mean, if a farmer is standing in the barn and he thinks about an issue he's going through and he realizes our policy is not quite right to help get it where it needs to be. He goes to a county farm bureau and helps develop a resolution that goes through the process. It might end up being a national uh, policy book that we promote in Washington, D.C. And then, of course, being aware of what's going on in policy. We do what we call a market intel. It's on our website, American Farm Bureau website, that gives you a really brief, thorough snapshot of every issue we're facing and where our policy is whether it be uh, ocean shipping or whether it be uh, waters of the U.S. or whether it be just the economy uh, at this day and time or Prop 12. I mean, the list goes on and on and on through those market entails that people can be aware and make sure that they're offering their assistance to be engaged. The other thing is a lot of people don't really realize this is that the people that represent them in Washington or at their state government or at their county government have absolutely no idea how their food got where it is. They don't understand agriculture. They don't understand us. And opening up our farms to allow people to come in and visit and explain to them. I'm not talking about agritourism. I'm talking about calling your county commissioner and say, come spend an hour with me or calling your congressman and say, send your staffers out to my farm. Let me talk, tell you how the farm bill has sustained my farm in the past. Uh, and then of course, being engaged as far as sending emails, uh, coming to, going to sit, uh, town hall meetings, just being present to make sure that the voice that our policymakers hear is coming straight from a farmer or rancher that's actually experiencing the difficulties and the wins in agriculture each and every day. Absolutely. I, I preach this all the time. You know, not knowing is half the battle. And if you're interested in the ag world, you have questions about where your food is coming from, go directly to the source. Go talk to your farmers. Don't hesitate to give them a call and ask them, hey, what's going on? Or I read this. Is this correct? So getting it from the experts or the people who have the boots on the ground, I think that's a very crucial thing. And that's actually why I started this podcast is to just get more information out there. And I'm sure I could sit here and talk to you for another hour because I love listening to you speak. I love your story. Um, and I really do appreciate you sharing your stories and taking your time to do this with me today. But I have one more question, and it's my favorite thing. I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, my favorite speech is the FFA Creed. And I think any FFA member or FFA alum would have to agree. It's it's an incredible speech. And I think as you get older and you read it, it the, the words change and the meaning changes for you. So I wanted to ask you, why do you believe in the future of agriculture? I believe in the future of agriculture because we have so many bright young people coming out of our ag colleges that are looking for a way not just to make a living in agriculture, but to make a difference in our world. Whether it be fetus, whether it be uh, how, uh, uh, through 
medicines that might be developed through products that would grow on the farm, whatever that might be te uh, technical technology, uh, whether it be uh, through uh, technology we hold in our hand or something that maybe work in our tractor to help us do something more efficiently. There are so many opportunities there and the young people and their bright minds really make me uh, think positive about the future. And then the other thing is uh, we need to be able to be productive on our farms and we not have to be efficient because you said it earlier, we're not making any more land and a lot of our farmlands being taken away from us for multiple reasons, whether it be green energy and windmills or solar farms to subdivisions. And we have to be on the cutting edge of technology and science to be able to continue to produce more with less. And the, the statistic that I know that really rings home to me is to produce the same amount of food that we produce today. 30 years ago would have took 100 million more acres. So we're becoming more and more efficient. We do that because of research and development dollars and technology. And that is so exciting to me as to what agriculture is going to look like in the, in the future and the great young people that's going to come to it to make it happen. Absolutely. I use the FFA saying agriculture is so much more than cows, sows, and plows all the time. And that's just to get people excited about maybe a potential career in the industry or get them to think a little bit deeper about all of the incredible things and the incredible careers that have to happen in order for us to produce what food that we do have. So if you're interested in the ag field, don't be afraid to explore if you're not maybe interested in jumping on a farm. So there's so many different things that you can do to help out this industry and make that difference. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. And thank you for what you've done uh, over the last year and, and offering yourself up to sit in such a, a wonderful place and have a, the opportunity to tell others about things. We talk about being a selfless servant, uh, informing people and helping them understand what we do in agriculture or even other issues around in our life is a very worthy thing. So I admire you. My hat's off to you. Appreciate you. And thank you for what you do. Thank you very much. It's been an incredible year, but don't think you're going to get rid of me yet. I still have a lot more time in the West Virginia and American Farm Bureau, and I'm always going to be an advocate for agriculture. So you're definitely going to be seeing more of me, I promise. Well, I'm glad to hear that. If I'd, I'd be very disappointed if I didn't hear that. And I look forward to seeing you at a Farm Bureau meeting real soon. Absolutely. All right, guys, that is the end of our Farmer Friday. And my last Farmer Friday is Miss West Virginia. But don't you worry, I will have more of these interviews as just Elizabeth Lynch and a forever Miss West Virginia moving forward. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, please remember to thank your farmers.